I'm Keaton Fletcher, an assistant professor of industrial organizational psychology at Colorado State University, and this is Healthy Work. All right, and welcome back to another episode of Healthy Work. Thanks for tuning in, and I'm super excited about this week's guest. I'm going to get out of the way and let you introduce yourself. I'm Zach Mercurio. I have the opportunity to serve as a research and teaching fellow in the Center for Meaning and Purpose at Colorado State University. I also am an instructor in the School of Education. It's called the Organizational Learning Performance and Change Program. My interests are researching how leaders can create the conditions that cultivate meaningfulness in work and mattering in work. Um, but that's about 30% of my time. The rest of my time, I get to be out in organizations working with leaders, helping to make what we see uh, in the research common practice uh, amongst leaders to make sure people feel that their work is meaningful and that they matter. You're out there doing the good work, applying the lessons we learn and talk about. But that directly relates to what you're here to talk about today. You recently published an article in Occupational Health Science that I'd love to have you just give us an overview of. Yeah, well, when the pandemic was rearing its ugly head, you know, research was finding and survey research was finding that people were reflecting more and more on the quality of their life and their work. And there was an increased interest in this idea of meaningful work. Now, meaningful work, work that someone experiences as positive, as purposeful and significant has been tied to a number of important health outcomes, mental health outcomes, physical health outcomes over the past couple of decades. But what we didn't know as much about is how leaders, A, are already helping people experience meaningful work and what practices actually work to help people experience meaningful work. And so we went out and we researched and interviewed leaders at 12 different companies. And we were asking them what they already did with the goal of increasing a sense of meaningfulness for their people. And then we took those practices and we went out to a bigger sample of almost 1,200 employees. And we grouped those practices together, by which ones grouped together, and came up with six core practices that leaders can do that seem to highly correlate with meaningful work and things like mattering and motivation, as well as uh, reduced turnover intention. And we developed an instrument to help leaders self-assess those six areas. And those six areas were uh, acting with integrity, uh, investing in people's potential, making sure people understand and know the impact of their work, making sure we're fostering personal connections. And then finally, uh, making sure the start of the work process is meaningful for people and that people are asked about their personal values and they connect to a bigger purpose at the beginning. So it was an exciting project. It sounds like it. And access to some really cool data, not just the numbers of employees, but also the leaders in those 12 companies. I I just think this is so cool, man, because like in IO psychology, we learn our basic models of what makes work motivating and how we've shifted away from Taylorism or like the Ford style assembly line, recognizing that like, yeah, people can want to work. Work can be meaningful and engaging, but you have to design it well. And oftentimes in the way that we're taught about it, it's all about how you design the job at the beginning, right? What structure you put into place. And so I love the emphasis that you have here on what leaders do. Was there one dimension specifically or or one activity specifically that really stands out to you as like, if nothing else, please remember this one. The obvious one is impact, right? People should know the upstream impact of their work. But one of the things that that stood out to us was a leader's integrity. 
had a high correlation with experienced meaningfulness in work. Things like leaders set good examples of how we should behave, or I know my leader acts in alignment with the organization's values. This aligns with some research that finds that when a leader goes out and says, hey, I want to create meaningful work, but then they don't themselves align with seeing the meaning in their work or align with the values that they're promoting, it can be seen as acting. There's this whole concept of existential acting where workers then try to act as if their work was meaningful and they can get burned out as a result. So when there's that alignment between values and actions, when a employee perceives their leader as also doing the work to experience meaningfulness and their actions align with the organization's values, that they, in our study, tended to experience more meaningfulness in the work. And there's not as much out there on how a leader's integrity and how a leader actually acts with regard to someone's experience of meaningfulness and work. A lot of the research on meaningful work has been focused at the individual level. Here's what I can do. Here's how I can craft my work as meaningful. And I think it shows that we're part of a larger ecosystem in which meaning is crafted, uh, not necessarily individually made. To that point of like alignment between the leader's values, the organization's values, and then, you know, it finally trickles down to the employee themselves. Whereas like you're pointing out, so much of our literature is on the employee themselves. What can you do? And I I really like this shift of upstream, like we're working up uh, towards the, the big systems. And it makes me think too of like, some of the interventions around work-life balance of on paper, a company can value work-life balance and say they do and have policies around it. But if the leader themselves is like emailing late at night, right, that creates that climate and culture where people will say, oh, well, either you're faking it, so I need to fake it too, or, you know, this is just something that we have on paper, but not in actuality. And so I think this is <laughs> just so interesting. And I think it also speaks to the fact that often we run toward prescriptive interventions and we try to optimize the intervention versus also optimizing the human who is delivering the intervention, the leader themselves. And I think that that level of work is often under-invested in in a lot of organizations, that leader's personal work on themselves to discern meaningfulness in their work, to align with the organization's values before you embark on prescriptive interventions. Absolutely. And then you have that double benefit of not only are you helping to maybe boost your intervention for the employees on the front line, but also your leaders themselves are not going to be burnt out because we are right now putting a lot of demand on leaders to enact these policies. Right. So in this research, was there anything that surprised you while you were either collecting these data or analyzing them? One of the things that was surprising to me, just in looking at leadership research in general, and if you're a practitioner or a researcher listening, you may be able to empathize with this, but uh, what we found was that there are so many individual styles of leadership that have been associated with outcomes like meaningful work. So if you were a practitioner and you wanted to increase meaningful work, in the research stream up to this point, you would have to pick, right? Am I a transformational leader, an authentic leader, a servant leader, an empowering leader, yeah. a, uh, right? And the, and, and the leadership styles research, one unintended side effect of this research was our process of going through the literature from the lens of a practitioner and saying, gosh, if I wanted to increase meaningful work, this would be very confusing and confounding because there's so many different styles. So what we wanted to do is we really wanted to build a tool based on practices that leaders are already doing to increase meaningful work and then abstract that up to creating a set of behaviors with the specific goal of increasing meaningful work versus having to pick from 
a style. And I think that what was surprising to us was that there were some areas that weren't necessarily encapsulated within existing styles or theories. And one of those was that the beginning of someone's process at an organization was incredibly important. And we know some of the research on how a beginning can help set people's what's called work orientations towards how they view their work. But things like discussing my purpose and the organization's purpose during the start of the organization, or my organization cares about my experience more than my skills, like things like that, investing in the person at the beginning, that was something that was surprising. And organizational processes that leaders have architecture over weren't as represented in these other theories. So I think this has two implications. One is that I would love to see more practice-driven research on leadership, what's actually working, what's actually out there, and then abstract that up. But also that we kind of miss out when we think about leadership styles on the processes in the organization that the leader influences, like the onboarding process, the training and development process, the performance evaluation process. I think there are many more that we can look at and ask ourselves, how does that system manifest the experience of meaningfulness or motivation or mattering. So I guess very closely related as a leader or maybe as a frontline employee, what what can I take away from this? What's uh, something I can start doing tomorrow? Well, one of the things that you could do is you could use our assessment. Hey. <laughs> you know, and what's what's really cool about it is it's not an assessment of whether you're a good leader or not. It's actually an assessment of what your leader is doing. So there's double uh, benefit here. One is if you're not a leader yet, you can look at this assessment and say, hmm, these are some practices I might want to develop. If I'm not comfortable, for example, one of the dimensions was potential, that my leaders help me determine where I can personally and professionally develop. If you need some more uh, development in that area to be a leader who does increase meaningful work, it helps you have a framework of doing that. The other thing that it does is it helps you kind of make sense of your own experience with your leader as well. But if you are a leader, this can also really help you get a sense from your people what dimensions you might need to invest more in to increase their meaningfulness as well. And what I love about the items in the assessment is that they are specific and skill-based. And one of the things I also love about the items that came out through the interviews and then the process of distilling them is that they're almost all dependent on interactions. A lot of them aren't big policies or initiatives that they're interactions, which means a lot of these practices are accessible every day. It's not often that the practical implications of a paper are the paper itself. And so that's very fun. Yes, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's really fun. And, you know, there's much more that I think that one of the things that I'm really excited about is I hope that our paper gives a new method, an, an inductive practice-based method for understanding leadership in this way. And I hope people add many more practices that they're using uh, and study more practices that people are actually using that are actually benefiting people's experience of meaningfulness. And we bring those together and continue mapping this space. Awesome. Last big question for you, Zach. Why do you do this work? I experienced meaninglessness in my first job uh, out of college. I actually worked in advertising. And um, I remember I was in advertising sales and I went out and I would talk to people who were human beings who were trying to build businesses. And we would go back into the workplace and talk about them as money, as how much money we can get from them. And I remembered everybody around me also talked about what they did last weekend or what they were doing the weekend coming up. And I just could not, my brain could not wrap my head around the fact that most people were living for two-sevenths of their lives, the days that begin with the letter S. 
And uh, I went back to work in higher education initially because I wanted to make sure people didn't end up like me, that they asked those bigger questions and we, we redeemed work to being what it always was, which is an active contribution to community. And here I am getting to study this and, and help people to realize their own significance and how they can impact workplaces and thereby people's lives. I want to give you an opportunity to plug anything or tell people where they can find you. Yeah, I would connect with me on LinkedIn. I know that sounds kind of silly, but if you look at some of the people that comment on what we're doing, they're practitioners out in companies. And so I post a lot of work on the research that we're doing and what we're finding. But one of the cool things is that you get to see reactions from people out there disagreeing with it, you know, saying, you know, I don't have time for this. And then other people chiming in and said, well, here's how you can do that. And I, I'm so excited about the pragmatic, practical approach to leadership um, that we can learn from each other and do some action research with each other. So join me on LinkedIn. I'm at Zach Mercurio there, and I'd love to have you part of the conversation. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Zach. Thank you, Keen. Healthy Work is a podcast written and produced by Keaton Fletcher and Mariana Arvon, mixed and edited by Keaton Fletcher, artwork by Keaton Fletcher, and our music is Zero Micro Song by Steve Combs. Please like us, follow us, and subscribe on whatever podcatching software you use. And leave a review in the iTunes store. It really does help get us out there.